brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome back, everybody. Time again for Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntra is here. Happy to welcome Brad Meltzer back to Word Balloon. Do you know Brad Meltzer's origin story? God, it's been so long, and I kind of take it for granted sometimes. And, of course, he's been so successful, uh, Jesus, over a decade, even longer, in fact, especially if you're a novel fan. But as far as his comic book origin, um, Kevin Smith was winding down his run on Green Arrow. Goddamn, so many years ago. And uh, who's going to follow him? Uh, no no big writer wanted to follow Kevin Smith on Green Arrow. And uh, the great Bob Shrek, the great editor back then at DC, still a fine editor today, uh, took a look around. And uh, Brad Meltzer, a great uh, thriller novelist, was uh, a lifelong fan of Oliver Queen. And he tapped Brad to take over. And everyone's like, who's Brad Meltzer? Well, he's a big novelist. Okay. Can he handle Green Arrow? Well, he more than handled Green Arrow. Uh, so many great stories, and that was just the beginning, and then he and Jeff Johns collaborated on a great Superman Legion of Superhero uh, story uh, called uh, The Lightning Saga. Ironic timing, because uh, The Lightning Rod is uh, Brad's brand new novel, but uh, he's uh, delighted us with his comic book stories over the years, including his children's I Am series uh, that continues with I Am Muhammad Ali, but uh, the main thrust is The Lightning Rod, a brand new thriller novel from Brad that came out uh, a week ago, last Tuesday. It's available now. You can get it through Amazon or any of your regular booksellers. Wouldn't surprise me if it's uh, sitting in the uh, hardcover uh, section of uh, various shelves of various brick-and-mortar stores all across the country. But it's always great stuff from Brad, great thriller stuff. And always just fun talking about... Uh, Brad on tour, uh, he tours the world internationally, he certainly did before COVID, and now that things are opening up again, 
He is uh, back on the road. In fact, he will be in uh, Naperville, Illinois, one of the Chicago suburbs, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. Looking forward to seeing him. And he rattles off a few other cities that are uh, coming up for Brad on this lightning rod tour. But uh, it's great to uh, catch up with Brad and find out what's going on and pick his brain of uh, the current events of the day, but also just uh, good hang down time. Uh, Brad Meltzer on today's Word Balloon. Word Balloon is brought to you by Aftershock Comics. Aftershock has been a fine sponsor of Word Balloon over the years. And, uh, hey, I'm happy to promote their fantastic books. Let me tell you about some of the great uh, graphic novels and collections that are already available now. You've got I Breathed a Body, an amazing body horror comic book from Zach Thompson and Andy McDonald. There's Scout's Honor from David Pepos and Luca Casa Anguiata. Also, uh, Lonely Receiver, another great horror story from Zach Thompson and Jen Hickman and Simon Rowland. And also Peter Calloway and George Genty's Shadow Doctor, a great look at uh, a real story about uh, 1930s mob life in Chicago. Great stuff from Aftershock Comics, uh, guaranteed fantastic artists, amazing writers, and great concepts waiting for you. Don't take my word for it. Go to their website. You'll find full story descriptions, preview pages of art, and the diamond codes on how to order these books and more from AfterShotComics.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by AlexRossArt.com. Alex's art speaks for itself. Iconic images of incredibly amazing characters over the years. DC, Marvel, tributes to people like the Monkees and Monty Python. David Bowie, The Beatles, so many great iconic people have allowed themselves and their estates have allowed Alex to depict them in ways that you want on your wall. Not only wonderful covers for graphic novels and comics, but also beautiful art prints, amazing lithographs, and incredible original art as well. If you can swing it, it's worth it because Alex is that kind of illustrative genius. And all of his work is waiting for you at every price point imaginable at Alex Ross Art. Don't waste time. Go over there today. I'm sure you're going to find your favorite hero depicted by Alex Ross. AlexRossArt.com Word Balloon is also brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. That's right. My superhero team, the listeners of Word Balloon that back me through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Word Balloon. I'm not asking anybody to break the bank to support me. If you can spare it, if you like Word Balloon and you want to support the show, that's the best way to do it. And uh, it's just a monthly subscription. It could be a dollar. Whatever amount you can afford is greatly appreciated. It helps keep the lights on here at Word Balloon and uh, helps keep me in business as I pursue these great interviews and other projects as well that are coming in 2022. So if you like what you hear here and want to hear more, go to patreon.com slash wordballoon. And I really appreciate the support. Thank you, League of Word Balloon listeners. Brad Meltzer, welcome back to Word Balloon. Always good to talk to you, man. I know you're uh, on tour, so I appreciate you uh, hitting a green room and uh, talking to me for a few minutes. I appreciate being back with a voice that I recognize. That's good stuff for me. <laughs> so uh, let us talk about the lightning rod. God damn, man. What book? you got to know the count. What book is this? What novel is this for you? This is number 13. Okay. Crazy. Um, and I think we did the math and I think it's book number 42 total. And I, I didn't count the comics cause I didn't want to know. I didn't know if I should count issues, but like any good comic nerd, I was literally like, but you know, but, but there are, you know, 13 issues of justice league. So, but I, I just decided not to do that. <laughs> and by the way, at, at the moment, anyone in the comments is going to do that for me. So I don't need to, 
It's true. The energy is going to be better spent. That's absolutely true. So we got a military murder mystery happening here. This is a uh, – and it's really just a murder mystery. This, uh, what happens is, to just to set it up, I always start with my own fears, and this book begins with one of my great neurotic fears. The character hands his car keys over to a uh, valet at a fancy restaurant, and the valet takes the car, and instead of basically parking the car, he hits the little magic button, the GPS button on the steering wheel, and says the magic words, go home. And now, of course, the car plots a route home, and he's got this guy's car keys. And yes, he left his house keys on there, too, so he's got the guy's house keys because this is a robbery. He's going to break in. And as the valet breaks into the guy's house, there's another person there waiting with a gun because this isn't a robbery at all. This is a trap. And when the bodies go to a local funeral home to our hero who works as a mortician there, he sees something on the body. Our character Zig sees something on the body he's never meant to see, and it winds up leading to one of the government's most closely guarded secrets. So I just ruined chapter one of The Lightning Rod, but there's there's chapter one for you. <laughs> so it's it's Zig, and Zig is a mortician? Who used yeah, to Zig's a mortician. Your- you know, Zig's a mortician. My parents died, and I was like, I'm not going to be obsessed with death. And then I made my main character, one of them, a mortician. So yeah, that's nice and... <laughs> You know, I mean, listen, my job as a thriller writer is to come up with the most horrible thing that can happen. Oh, you're going to give your car keys to the valet? I got a terrible idea that's going to happen. You know, I mean, and that's my job is is find the worst case scenario. So I'm super fun at parties, right? Like my kids love all the times I tell them what's going to go wrong. And, but that's what I love. I love that these morticians, especially at Dover Air Force Base, they take care of our fallen troops who come back from the military. And also even our astronauts, who's when the space shuttle crashed, their bodies went to Dover. In fact, even the um, when on 9-11, the victims of the Pentagon flight, they went, their bodies went to Dover. And all of our secret spies across the globe, the secret squirrels who are working in the CIA or in any other acronym agency, their bodies go to Dover too. It means Dover is a place filled with secrets. So my character Zig can find all these secrets. And Nola is the other main character. Zig and Nola are the two main characters. Yeah. She's she's someone who's an artist in residence. And for the military, for since World War One, the military's had an, an actual painter who paints disasters as they happen. Whether it's storming the beaches in Normandy, whether it's uh, making sure that it's at Vietnam, nine eleven, anywhere in between. And I said to them, what? You're telling me everyone else is racing in with guns blazing and you've got someone racing with paintbrushes in their pockets? I'm like, that guy sounds crazy. I got to meet him. I want to meet him. And they said, you mean her. You want to meet her. And Nola is this character who basically she can see the way you, the way your tongue on your belt faces. And as Riol can tell if you're right or left-handed, which hand you pulled it with. She can see that only one of your eyes has crow's feet on them. That's who the assassin is in the room because that's the eye you aim with. She can see which leg you favor because you had knee surgery. What Nola can do is she can spot your weakness and she has an artist's eye. And so she finds those details everyone else misses. So, you know, Zig's belief is that you put more goodness and kindness in the world. The world's a better place. It's a nice idea. It's a naive idea, but it's an idea worth fighting for. And Nola has a belief that if you want the world to make sense, you grab it by the throat and you force it to make sense. And and obviously, that's where my own head is, is I don't know who's right. 
and I want to know who's right. And, and my answer, at least at this moment in time, is that it takes both of them to be right. That's great, man. And also, again, as usual in your novels, you, uh, you show us these aspects of the government and how things work that we never really think about. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, no. Listen, I've, I've done the secret tunnels below the White House. I've done the hidden catacombs below the Capitol. I've done the secret yeah. tunnels below Disney World because I just was like, I want to go on the Disney World, man. That's cool. Um, but for this book, and it's true, I can't, you can't even make it up. For this book, I found out, and obviously the book is all fiction. It's a thriller. But I found out that the government has about a dozen secret warehouses hidden all across the country. And in these warehouses, they deal with bioterror attacks. So whether it's anthrax, smallpox, anything else. And that means if there's an attack on Chicago or Florida, Texas, Idaho, California, anywhere in between, they will have a push package of antidotes to you in hours. And I'm like, you're telling me that the government has a secret warehouse, has a bunch of them all across the country, right in front of our faces by the airports. No one knows they're there. I want to know what's in them. I need to know what's in them. And, and what you see when you get to the final scenes of the lightning rod, what you see inside those warehouses, I didn't make that up. That's actually what's really inside. Wow. That's amazing. Did, did COVID inspire these questions in you? It did the, the way that the government deployed uh, the vaccines or any of that stuff, you know, and really the last two years, has that influenced any of your uh, ideas or writing? No, because I found these places five years ago. That's how slow as a writer I am. I started, I was researching this before the escape artist came out and I was, you know, no one cared about this place back then, John. They basically were like, it was an asterisk in the government that everyone's like, it's never, we're never going to need it. Okay. So I, you know, that's why they let me in. Cause they're like, they took me to like the, the command center of all of them, you know, and, and nobody cared. And then COVID hit and a couple of years later and I, and I literally called my sources and I was like, is this you? And they're like, this is us. Wow. And we were like, oh, crap. And, and obviously, you know, as one of them said to me, we got caught with our pants down because the government took a bad bet. We bet that the only thing that was going to attack us when it came to biological uh, weapons was going to be a, a, a terrorist move from a foreign country. Sure. We were told over and over again, a dozen different reports that, you know what, there could be something that's biological in nature that, that comes, you know, in a pandemic way. And every administration from Trump to Obama to Bush ignored it. Congress didn't want to fund it. The, they didn't want to give the money. They were like, it's, a, it's so unlikely we want to use the money elsewhere and people don't want high taxes. And well, that's what you get. That's what happens. Wow. It has yeah. a cost, right? You don't want to yeah. pay for the stuff. And, you know, I'm, and the government, they made a bad bet. They basically said, well, you know, Trump's, you know, no politics about it. They all screwed it up. But Trump, you know, doubled down on it and basically bet that there would only be a biological weapon attack, and in fact, made it so bad that he opened it up to the to the free market. So we'll be able to cut through the red tape, get rid of government. The government sucks, and we're going to be able to um, to make this much easier by everyone buying stuff when you need it. And it sounds like a good idea. And obviously, you know, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback, but you can't possibly. He could have never predicted this. No one could have predicted this. Sure. And but I'm from Florida, and in Florida, we're told to be hurricane ready. So which do you think is better? Is it better? To buy all the supplies in advance. Some of them are, will go bad. You're going to have some waste, but at least you'll have something when the hurricane's coming. Or do you wait until the last minute and then go in the open market and you go to the supermarket and you go fight with everyone who wants all the things in the supermarket the last moment as the hurricane's about to hit? And sadly, our government 
chose the latter and we paid the price for it. But this was all exactly what this place is dealing with. Amazing. Yeah. Jesus. Um, wow. Well, and again, you're, you're a guy that, uh, for years, uh, you were part of some of these, uh, groups that they set up to take care of worst case world threatening scenarios and stuff. What was the name of that group that you were with? Oh yeah. I did the, I did what was called the red cell program. Yeah. Um, and the red cell program, they, they basically came to me and asked me to brainstorm different ways that terrorists could attack the United States. And my first thought was if they're calling me, we got bigger problems than anybody thinks. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I love doing it. I mean, they basically were bringing together what they called out-of-the-box thinkers. They would pair me with a Secret Service agent and a chemist. They would give us a target, and we would have to blow up cities or figure out how to destroy cities. And I think the freakier part for me – I'm not sure if I told you this part because I know I've repeated that story. But um, the, but the freaky part for me was when they started calling me privately in the weeks that followed, and they would give me a new target, just me. And they would say, how would you get in? Wow. And, and, and I, you know, I would be like, do I have any relatives in this place that we're targeting right now? Do they know something I don't know? And that, that's scary stuff, right? Sure. That's when, that, that was, you know, I was excited to get the call to, you know, be able to help, but you, you know, you can't help but be like, what do they know that I don't know? Totally. God damn, man. Honestly, your books and your fame have opened doors for you internationally. And, and Brad, am I misrep, uh, remembering were you, I know you were on a, an Eastern Europe uh, talk show, and you told me that story. And I, and forgive me, but with the Ukraine-Russian conflict, I wondered if it was in Ukraine that you uh, did your – No, it was in Bulgaria. Bulgaria, Bulgaria. Yes. yes. it was badass Bulgaria, man. Slavi, what was there. the guy's name? Shrami? Slavi. Slavi. Slavi was the guy. He's like um, – he's watched by 80% of the, Bul- of the Bulgarian country. 80%. 80% of Americans don't brush their teeth, but 80% of Americans watch this guy. <laughs> He has like the the late night talk show. He's like you know Seth Meyers and Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon and said and Colbert, all of them combined. And they put me on that show, and uh, it is one of those. Memory- I gotta I gotta dig out my. They gave me a VHS copy of it. That's how long ago it was. But it was, it's a European. It's a European VCR. Sure. And it's hard enough to find an American VCR. But my God, you have to see it because it's it's. It's priceless, my appearance on this show. And because they even got at the time, I don't know if I told you this, but like they're, they're kind of, they had like, I guess it was like the time of like after the Fly Girls, they were just like ripping stuff off. So it'd be like, they just had the, their version of the Fly Girls, but it was like the Bulgarian, I, someone told me, I don't know if you know if it's true, they told me it was the Bulgarian Olympics team. And they were the Fly Girls on this show. So it's like me, Slavi, the most famous person in Bulgaria, the, the Olympic team, which is like grinding and, and, you know, doing like old school hip hop is the single greatest TV appearance of all time. As far as I'm concerned of anything I've ever done by far, it's the single greatest TV show. They don't tell Kelly Clarkson that I saw you were just on Kelly's show. The funny thing, you know, I, yes, yeah, so I was on, that. that was a wild experience because they had me come on for this book ban of our books that Chris Eliopoulos and I do. Oh, and, sure. Um, yeah. And, and we can talk That's about that in a moment, but I'll, but I'll tell you, yeah. So I go, yeah. but I go on and, and they wanted to hear the story, and I go on, and whatever, I tell the story, you get like five minutes to eight minutes on one of these shows. Sure. And then she's like, you know, I go to get up, and she's like, no, 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 stick around. So I stick around for the next segment. I thought I was like the Ed McMahon, and this was like the tap from Johnny. So I'm like, but then the <laughs> next segment comes, and I stick around for that. Next segment, they're like, do the audience with me. I'm like, and, and I was, my wife was watching. She's like, you're on the whole show. It's an That's hour. Cool. And I'm like, I know, and nobody warned me. I was just there doing the bit so it was it wound up being really great fun and she was terrific but what she had me come on and talk about is they banned 
you know, we've talked before about we do these books for kids. I am Amelia Earhart. I am Rosa Parks. I am Albert yes. Einstein. I am Abraham Lincoln. Um, when they banned our books, I am Rosa Parks and I am Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, Chris Eliopoulos and I very carefully and, and worked hard to team up with local activists in the community and fought back against the ban. And the students in the community were obviously the real superstars of it. But, you know, it got me looking through history lately and tracing it back through history. And I, and I was like, why are they banning these books? Like, where does that come from? And I looked back and found that the first book that historians agree was banned throughout the entire country was Harriet Beecher Stowe's classic Uncle Tom's Cabin. That's what I assumed. Go on. Keep and, on. and why did they ban it? Because basically slave owners didn't want anyone seeing the idea that <laughs> slavery was bad. Rebellious right? slave owners yeah, didn't man. slave owners didn't want their their way of life threatened. Slave owners didn't want anything to change. Amazing. And and that's the same thing that's happening today in the sense that anytime you see a book ban, it's about one thing and one thing only. It's about power and someone worrying that they're going to lose it. And it's about cowardice and, and pushing back because you worry that your way of life is going to be changing around you. So I encourage anyone, when you see a book that's banned, I don't care what book it is. I don't even care if you don't like the genre. Buy the book. Give it to your local library. You know, I saw Jerry Craft's book got banned recently. I didn't even know who he was, anything about it. It was a graphic novel. I'm like, immediately went and bought a copy um, and donated it. And, you know, our local library now has another copy. But I feel like... You know, yeah, and of course, Mouse was just, you know, yeah, I, I don't know, yeah. Spiegelman's classic, what, you know, as my son was reading it for his own class, it was banned. And uh, I just can tell you that whether it's, you know, if you're cheering as books are being pulled off the shelf, you're on the wrong side of history. Amen, son. Uh, you know, I'm with you. And knowledge is power and knowledge is dangerous. And listen, and, and you know what? The but they're going to lose. Book banners always lose. Book banners will always be revealed yep. as the bad guy in a story because whether you're banning rap albums in the 80s and 90s, whether you're banning <laughs> pornography in the 70s, whether you're banning, you know, stuff that you think is, you know, that has gay people in it or whatever you're yeah. going to ban, you're going to be the bad guy. You're just going to eventually look like the jackass and be revealed as who you are um, because you know why they're going to lose because nothing can stop an idea. It's Amen. the most powerful thing in the universe. So good luck with that. Uh, I'll see you on the bad side of the history books. I hear what you're saying, man. Absolutely. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I guess uh, now, and, and it was great to read that you're uh, part of a group that is uh, going to help uh, put together something for our 250th uh, anniversary. What a time for us to celebrate the 250 years. I have a bad feeling that the culture wars are may still be uh, in full th- uh, throttle uh when we hit 250 years of America. Oh, we're not, that's not going away. Yeah, no, I got, I got a phone call. They asked me to be on the committee. There's actually a real committee to celebrate America's 250th birthday, which is obviously coming up in, uh, in 2026. And, uh, you know, I was literally like, I'm honored of course to serve on it, but how do you tell the story? You know, they wanted, like, I guess for me as a storyteller, um, how do you tell the story of Americans when there's so many different stories to tell? And that's why the culture war is happening right now. That's what we're seeing. Uh, but what I'm proud of is that it's there to tell all of those stories. They're all valid stories. There's no one American story. In fact, if you think that the only way to tell the American history story is to show the good parts, that's not history. That's propaganda. I'm hip. Uh, and, yeah. and I love the fact that we get to you know throw this thing, in, and I hope it's going to be one hell of a party. I hear you, man. Well, I mean, would you – would book banning – and the, the the good the good side of that the rebellion against book banning would that be a theme that you might address doing this? You know, we have these it, the, right now. They put us in quarterly meetings. We just it's so funny because it moves like the government. Like I got the call a year ago, right? And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, when's the party? Who, who's you know? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be who's got plates and forks because I want to bring you know something good. <laughs> don't don't volunteer to bring the plates and the forks. That's the suck job, you know. Or unless you're lazy and you want to bring something easy, like. But like I was like, I want to bring something good. And you could tell they're like, okay, first we're going to have a meeting where we introduce ourselves, you know? And I'm like, who's bringing the plates and forks, man? I'm just like, so, but I understand. And we, and we, and I'm kidding, but we all have to, you know, you do have to do that. And you do. And sure. now we're, now we're working on kind of a, a whole thing of, um, of making sure what, what are the values of this? Like, what do we stand yeah. for? Not just randomly shouting stuff out like plates and forks, but like, what do we stand for? And I love the fact that so much thought is going into it. So, I'm bringing the plates and forks. All right, fair enough. Is it and it's is it an independent group? Because obviously, that's you know two presidential or yeah, let me do the math. It is two presidential elections from now. So, yeah, yeah, no, no, it is. It is. It's um, it is an independent organization. It, it okay. has congressmen and senators from both sides, sure. you know, and and then they grab people. There's like Cal Ripkins on the sports committee, and okay, uh, you know, <laughs> and they have like it's 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 a it's a kind of ridiculous group. Like I was on my first phone call, and it was like me and Debbie Allen, and like. And I'm just like, what am I doing? <laughs> it's like a love boat, Cal. It really was. It was like you. missing Charo. I know it was great. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. I'm so excited, and this is why I love talking to you because you do this because of what you do. Your life takes these amazing turns, and it's all, there's always a story, Brad. You you are you are always good to sit with and find out what the hell's going on. 
So that's amazing. Jesus. Um, again, Kelly Clarkson, uh, the 250 thing. And, of course, Lightning Rod now coming. It's out now, everybody. It came out uh, Tuesday as we're recording this. So you can order this if you're intrigued by uh, by the subject. You certainly have to go uh, pick it up. And Brad is on tour right now. I know you're coming to uh, uh, suburban Chicago uh, next week, Naperville. But uh, what are, where, where are you uh, as we're speaking now? So I am in Washington, D.C. We have uh... – what are we doing tonight? We have Virginia tonight, and then I go to Cleveland on Friday. I go to Miami, Boca, Vero Beach, and then on Monday I go Dallas. Um, after Dallas, I do Atlanta on Tuesday. Wednesday, I come see you in Chicago. Thursday, I go to Iowa, and Friday, we throw the party in St. Louis at the St. Louis Library. So if you're if you're there, check out uh, – if you go on my website, you'll see all the different appearances, but come say hello. You can bring all your comics, too. I had the guy. I love the guys who show up with like every comic I've ever done. I love them that they pulled them out of the bags, they pulled them out of the boards. It's spectacular. They were always the last ones in line because you know we always say like, listen, we'll I'll do them all, but just you know take a hunk now and make another loop around. And I, I love getting to sure. talk comics with those guys who come at the end. <laughs> That's outstanding. What are the latest uh, uh, I am uh, books that are uh, currently out? So the newest ones we're doing, I am Malala Yousafzai and I am Muhammad Ali. Indeed. And obviously, both Muslims, no accident there. We were watching Muslims, Chris Eliopoulos and I were watching Muslims be targeted in a way that was embarrassing Yeah, as in our country. And we just thought we, we want to fight back. And everyone fights back in their own way. And, and we know how to fight back by making books. And every one of our kids' books has kind of a moral lesson on the back. And the back of I am Muhammad Ali says, I will always fight for what I believe. And that's what the book's about, man. It's about pushing back. There's this, there's this wonderful story in the book when Muhammad Ali's a little boy. We always start when they're little kids. And Muhammad yeah. Ali goes to this restaurant because he wants a, you know, a drink, and, and they won't serve him because he's black. That's right. He gets a little older. He's now like goes to the Olympics, fights for the Olympics as a young guy, young fighter, wins the gold medal for America, wins gold medal for the United States. Comes back to his hometown proud now, like they're going to serve me now. And so convinced they're going to serve him that he wears the gold medal back to the same restaurant. Like walking around on the street, gold medal around his neck. Goes into the restaurant to order his cheeseburger and, and milkshake and says, I'm ready for you to serve me. And they say, we will not serve you. And he takes the medal off and he's like, this medal is worthless unless we can all have unity and stand together. And to me, you know, that's not a, a, the bad part of America. That's the beautiful part of America is that someone can do that and protest like that and try to force a change. And if you're just looking for stories that are, uh, that are, are the good parts of America, as I said, that's not history. That's propaganda. So I love the fact that we get to do that. Malala is all about using education and letting people soar. And so we do that uh, in June. We come out with I am pay and we do Dolly Parton, which is fantastic. Cool. Uh, and then in September, we team up with DC Comics and it's really becomes the next comic book work. We're doing um, the Ordinary People Change the World series is expanding and we're doing I am Superman and I am Batman. Wow. It's Very cool. Stories Change the World. And, and what's great is we get to feature the creators in the back of the book. So the last two pages, rather than just doing, Oh, here's a timeline of, you know, we, we tell the story of how they're created here. Siegel, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster here were two 17 year old kids from Cleveland here. So they unleashed one of the greatest heroes 
uh, in history. And I love the fact we get to kind of show kids the power of their imaginations. Jerry Siegel continues to be part of your writing life with uh, another uh, another uh, written example of uh, of his life putting going into your fiction. Well, in the case of uh, Book of Fate, wasn't it that uh, was uh, kind of based on the Siegel uh, Siegel? Spotter? Yeah, no, no, it's uh, Book of Lies. Close Book of Lies. Excuse yes, me. No, 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 we have two titles that sound the same. Yeah, no, Book of well, Lies Book is of all Fate about. Was the, all, yeah, yep. that was the other one. That was the uh, the one about um, the the whatchamacallit? Uh, the Freemasons. Right? Freemasons. Good, some, good stuff in there. Yeah, but Book of Lies is literally about Jerry Siegel and and uh, got us involved with Jerry Siegel's house. Um, but I love, you know, it's really, you know, everyone's like, oh, you're doing the, you know, the stories change the world when you're doing all this. And I'm like, really, we're just writing Superman and Batman. Like it is truly me doing Superman and Batman. Yeah. Um, using the best stuff, the best sources. And they gave us everything, like everything. It's not like you'll see it's, it, it, it is, it's especially the Superman book may be one of my favorite things I've ever written. You know, and, and, and especially the, the difference and I don't want you to spoil um, God, you know, you go from the from what was written by Siegel and others, uh, as far as uh, the Golden and Silver Age interpretations of his early life, to uh, you know the John Byrne version, and then the Jeff Johns version, and everything you know in between. So you know, I mean, that's the thing. Will we see Chief Parker? Will we see Mon uh, Mon Pa at the uh, at the general store as well as the farm? I mean, you know, it's the, again being old. It's a, I, and that's the thing is, it's everything. It's, oh, that's we great. literally took, I mean, there's, you know, there's Jeff Loeb, there's Jeff Johns, there's, yes, Jeff Loeb, you know, did. there's er, everything is in there. There's George Reeves. There's, I mean, we took everything, um, because we were like, we can, we can do it from yeah. scratch and introduce it. And isn't that what comics really, what they always do best, which is, you know, is this, is this kind of ultimate Darwinian battle for ideas and the best, you know, I always explain to my kids, I was trying to explain it to them and I was saying, you understand that. The reason Samuel Jackson is Nick Fury is because it was a freaking good idea and people liked it so much that Mark Miller, right, and Brian Hitch were like, yeah, we're going to do this. And people loved it so much that they were like, we're going to do it here. And then they loved it so much in the comics. They were like, we're going to figure out a way to make them black in the comics. And it's just like because everyone loved it. And so it will burst out the same way Superman learned to fly on a radio show. And then they put that in the comics. <laughs> so it's, it, whatever good ideas out there, you know, Darwinism rules for it. And so this is our, uh, our version of what at least, you know, humbly we think is best. And of course, you know, your mileage may vary. No, I love that. And in fact, I love, that's why I appreciate the current DC edict of infinite frontier in terms of let's make it all work. There's all these great ideas that have that have happened since the 30s. Um, why why throw them away if there's a story that fits one of the old ideas? Let's do it. Listen, so. you're talking to the guy who brought the Secret Society of Supervillains and the original Legion of Superhero <laughs> costumes back. When everyone's like, "You can't bring them back," we rebooted them. I'm like, "Watch this." Yeah, um, damn right. <laughs> and I, you know, whatever, it's fine. And I don't think anyone is worse or better. Like, they're all there's room for everything. You know, I'm just always going to pick the ones I'm partial to, just as any writer picks the ones they're partial to. That's that's the one thing you get when you get to write the story. Amen. Did you meet Ali? Did you get a chance to meet Ali before? No, I never met him. Although my son, his prized possession is a signed Muhammad Ali glove that a friend got for him who oh, had met, who worked with Muhammad Ali, and and I knew he was working with him. And I said, but the one thing that was nice is um, the Ali Foundation, the Muhammad Ali Foundation. Uh, worked with us on the book and they were just obviously spectacular and helped us make corrections and things and make sure we get it just right. And so uh, obviously, you know, it's Muhammad Ali, man. And, and you got to see, and of course, by the way, when we did, I am Muhammad Ali, 
we put Superman versus Muhammad Ali in the back of the book. Outstanding. And when we did I Am Superman, let's just say we did not shy away from putting Muhammad Ali versus Superman in that book too. (laughs) That is so great, man. I met him 30 years ago. Oh, tell me the story. I want to hear. At an ESPN boxing match. And uh, I was writing for Boxing Illustrated at the time. So they're like, oh, you could talk to Ali for five minutes. I'm like, that's great. And it was right before Foreman fought Evander Holyfield. And I'm like, you know. You know, and I'm like, you know, you know, you know, uh, George, you fought George and everything. What do you think? And it was great because even though he was trapped in his Parkinson's syndrome uh, way and that he was stammering and stuff, his mind was sharp as hell. And he's like, you're going to think I'm nuts, but I think George is a great chance, even if beating beating uh, Holyfield. And he broke it down and he's like, hey, George is a different fighter now. He takes his time with his punches. He measures guys. He's countering. He's looking for angles. He's like, George just came at me and, and threw wild punches, and that's how I beat him. And he goes, No, it was reverse, of course. It was the same thing. And 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 Ali had obviously clearly seen Rocky two and three. So he knew that the <laughs> comeback story. <laughs> but it was so great. And then he uh we're we're in the I'm in the men's room and he walks in and it's like, hey champ, how you doing? And he's like, You guys want to see a trick? And we're like, it's the men's room. Man, he lo- uh, the magic trick. He loves yep. magic. And he um he could make himself he he le- he lined himself up against the wall. And he pointed to his feet. He goes, look at my feet. Look at my feet. And he was like an inch uh, above the floor, like he was floating or whatever. And we're like, and he's like, we're like, wow. He's like, what am I doing? We're like, you're floating. And he's like, how am I doing that? We're like, we don't know. He's like, because I'm the greatest. And everybody started laughing. <laughs> and he had a big smile on his face. And and we died. We were cracking up. We're like, very cool, man. I'll eat. I can't tell you how many people that I've met have told me about their run-ins with Ali. He did always, he loved magic. He was obsessed yes. with magic. So kids would come to his, they would literally come to his door. People would come to his neighborhood and be like, where's Muhammad Ali live? And they'd be like, over there. And then kids would go to the door and he'd be like, you open the door and he'd be like, want to see a magic trick? And I'm like, that's freaking amazing to me. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, yeah, I want to see a magic trick right now. Of course I do. Um, but yeah, he did that. And But I have oh. all these people telling me all these different stories, but I haven't heard the levitating one. It so and, and well, I got to ask, how did he do it? Was he like leaning on something, or what yeah, was he was. I don't. Yeah, he was able to like you know move his Hold body his around body or something. Up. But I mean, it, was, it looked like a blank wall, so maybe he had something in his back. I have no idea. But uh, don't like, run the magic. I believe he was floating. He's the greatest. Like, oh, absolutely, man. Good lord, and that's why it's like at the same time because you know we, I grew up with Ali just like you did, and it was like oh my god, here's this hero of mine that I've loved on on wide world of sports with Cosell since the seventies, and a world figure and he couldn't have been more down to earth. And that's why I knew he had that kind of international and world appeal and everything. He was just a decent, good guy. And the just, funny thing was, was my, funny. I didn't know him. I, I obviously knew the Howard Cosell of it all. I knew they had some kind of rivalry, but I wasn't like a sports kid. So I wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't all on for me there. Okay. I knew him cause he friggin' fought Superman. Yes. Like that's <laughs> where I had interest from. I'm like, this guy fought Superman and like, Welcome back, Cotter's on the cover, and Gerald Ford, and and I mean, I remember, I memorized that cover. I memorized every little detail they put in there. I memorized like, John I was obsessed with that. Yeah, John Travolta. They were all in there. I mean, it was so. <laughs> that book was so, and it was Neil Adams at like the height of his power. And the, I oh, remember yeah. it was this double page spread where where Superman get you know has to fight him under a red sun. So Superman's just bloodied and beaten in black and blue on a stretcher. It's just you yep. know, the camera's up on the sky looking straight down. And I literally was like, "This is the most awesome page I've ever seen." And and I and again, that was that's what sparked me. I and and so I, I love the fact that here we are, all these years later, and I get to kind of write about him in, in this brand new way to a new generation. 
Sounds great, man. Outstanding. I know you're pressed for time. So, and I know you're, you're talking to other people. I don't know how much time you've got before your next one. I don't yeah. Know. I got like five more minutes. Okay. I, you know, I don't know what I, I um, what, uh, what have you been reading? What I mean, do you have time? Oh, yeah. Are let's talk about that. Help? Yeah. I love talking about that. Let's see. What have I been reading? Um, I was just, I, I do love, I was just talking to him about it. I love Tom King's Supergirl. I haven't read the last issue yet. I got to read oh, it. Oh yeah. Um, but when they did the redo of the Comicsology app, it just screwed up all my stuff. And I just, truthfully, with, with Lightning Rod launch, and I just had no time to figure it out. So it's somewhere in the Ethernet. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I love uh, Human Target. I think both those books are great by oh, Tom. Yeah. Um, what else am I reading right now? I just got, um, oh, I got Fractions November. I just got those books. I oh, had, it's, I, oh, I'm, so I'm about beautiful. halfway through, and that's been fun. Yeah, Ilsa. Uh, Ilsa is such a brilliant artist. Ilsa, Ilsa oh, Shardy. yeah. Amazing. I love yeah. it. And I love the coloring on it, too. Yes. Um, is it Hollingsworth? I'm just going to I'm going to say that, just making an assumption here. I have no idea if it is. I not, have but a it's, feeling that's right, but I'm not certain. I don't know, but just it's so muted and great. Um, what else am I reading that I love? Um, what did I take with me? There was something I did that I took with me, and I can't remember While what it was. I'll, I'll ask you, have you read uh, Christopher Cantwell's Marvel stuff, Doctor Doom, and the... Uh, he's he's killing it on Iron Man, but he also last year had an amazing Doctor Doom series, too. No, I will read that. Thank you it's, for that. I'm looking it, for... I'm always looking for something new, and especially a new voice I haven't read before. Really neat stuff. You know, he wrote... He uh, did the TV show Halt and Catch Fire for uh, AMC a couple Oh, good. Ago. Okay, I'll check it out for sure. Um, really, really good stuff. Yeah. I, I really like um, Tom... Taylor doing Nightwing. I really oh, God, like yeah. that book a lot. That's a really fun one. Um, I haven't, I got Saga, but I haven't read it yet. I'm kind of like, you know, I love Brian, you know, Brian's oh, sure. just one of my favorites. Um, but I haven't, I'm not caught up at all. And what else? I just got, oh, you know what I read? I finally read, um, oh gosh, I'm going to blank on the name. I'm going to feel like a dope. It, it was, I just, um, it was like the many deaths of, am I forgetting the woman's name? It's like, uh, Lala star. Is it Ron Lala Fee? star? I don't know yeah, if it was Ron Layla Fee? star or Lala star. That was a really fun book. Oh yeah. I you know, really like that of, book. Another one of his, uh, graphic novels you should check out, uh, these savage shores. And it's all about a British vampire coming to India in the 19th century and putting, you know, a typical kind of vampire story like that there and how different it is when uh, this vampire is trying to make it happen in uh, in the world of India. And I love it. And this is what I love about Ram. Uh, he will take classic pulp tropes and spin them in a modern way to look at developing countries or really. Well, what we that's what I loved. I just world. loved that it was a view into a whole nother world that I just haven't seen 50 million times before. Yes. It just shows why that, you know, breath of voices is so vital. Uh, and then beyond that, I'm just still, you know, obviously saw Batman and still loving talking about that. So cool. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. It, it, uh, well, okay. I won't say, I'm not going well, to say recommend. No, you know, great. No, no, I definitely recommend. I, I will tell you, I, I loved, uh, you know, I That's- loved him as Batman. I thought he was. I thought he was spectacular. I, I, you know, the thing that I liked about it, and yes, there's there's lots of stuff we can argue and quibble about, and you know what what they should have cut from it because it's just three hours long, and that's okay. <laughs> everyone's going to have a piece that they're going to say should be cut, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. But I think I'll just tell you this: what I loved is so often you see Batman is uh, his character is just brutality, right? He comes in, yeah. he kicks ass, and that's Batman. And yeah. he's Batman at the beginning, and he's Batman at the end. And one of the few movies 
except for like Lego Batman, which to me is still one of the greatest Batman movies of all time. And I will die on that. Um, I, I believe on, I'll stand on that hill forever. Most Batman movies, it's Batman in opening scene and Batman in the end scene are the same Batman. And, and if you watch the fantastic Tom Holland, Spider-Man movies, he's always a different Spider-Man by the time he's done. He's always a better Spider-Man or a different Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, and in this movie, they actually found what I appreciate for whatever else you want to bitch and moan about. Cause comic people, we all love to bitch and moan. <laughs> I love the fact that they found an actual arc for him. He's a different Batman by the end. And I like that. I, I, I just affirmatively like that they found an arc for Batman. So I'll leave it at that. You haven't seen it yet. Okay. So I don't want to spoil anything. But, you know, usually the, the villain always chews up all the scenes and, and Batman pales to the villain because the villain scene is the meteor one. But I, I, I think Pattinson really, um, you know, he keeps it center stage and that's with a spectacular Riddler. Paul Dano is like completely creepy in the best ways. That's what I keep hearing. And that's awesome. And Paul Dano is kind of great casting for the Riddler. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, uh, Peacemaker, did you watch Peacemaker? Loved it. Well, yeah, it? one of my yeah, one of my buddies from college who you know is uh, one of the executive producers on, and so obviously, oh I'd wow, take, um, I'm thrilled for him, and obviously loved the show, loved it. I, I haven't gotten into it yet, but I'm excited. Oh, you gotta see to if watch. I would do in Peacemaker. Oh, no, no, no. The only thing I would do, I would I, the only thing I would do is I would introduce it like they do Judo Master in this one. It doesn't ruin anything. Yes, he's, yes. In, he's in the opening credits, but um, I would introduce a different Charlton character in every single season. And when I got to like season seven, I would just do Watchmen, and that's what I would do. <laughs> that's you know what I was about to say is I have seen Peacemaker. What I want to see, and I just saw the teasers for it, is this animated adjacent series they made for the boys, kind of in that way that the oh uh, yeah, that's gonna be great. Yeah, I saw that. That's gonna be great because I you know uh, the the guy who's showrunning the boys, Eric, is a friend of mine, and he's oh, just cool. one of the nicest guys around. And he has spectacular taste so you're going to be in for a treat yeah i'm excited i'm excited to watch these animated takes uh i, I think uh, it's cool and i've loved you know so far every season of, of the live action boys that they've awesome. done and of course i love the comic i mean you know of Derek course and listen Derek, Derek and, and of course and garth killing it killing it absolutely meanwhile man. always good talking to you brother thank yeah, you yeah i'll let you go this. sorry buddy of course lightning rod out now amazon all your local bookstores brad is on tour go to bradmeltzer.com check all of that out and uh, thanks for hanging, buddy. You got it, man. Hopefully, I'll see you in a couple uh, next week. Word Balloon is brought to you by Aftershock Comics. Aftershock has been a fine sponsor of Word Balloon over the years. And uh, hey, I'm happy to promote their fantastic books. Let me tell you about some of the great uh, graphic novels and collections that are already available now. You've got I Breathed a Body, an amazing body horror comic book from Zach Thompson and Andy McDonald. There's Scout's Honor from David Pepos and Luca Casa Anguiata. Also, uh, Lonely Receiver, another great horror story from Zach Thompson and Jen Hickman and Simon Rowland. And also Peter Calloway and George Genti's Shadow Doctor, a great look at uh, a real story about uh, 1930s mob life in Chicago. Great stuff from Aftershock Comics. Uh, guaranteed, fantastic artists, amazing writers, and great concepts waiting for you. Don't take my word for it. Go to their website. You'll find full story descriptions, preview pages of art, and the diamond codes on how to order these books and more from AftershockComics.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by AlexRossArt.com. Alex's art speaks for itself. Iconic images of incredibly 
amazing characters over the years. DC, Marvel, tributes to people like the Monkees and Monty Python, David Bowie, the Beatles. So many great iconic people have allowed themselves and their estates have allowed Alex to depict them in ways that you want on your wall. Not only wonderful covers for graphic novels and comics, but also beautiful art prints, amazing lithographs, and incredible original art as well. If you can swing it, it's worth it because Alex is that kind of illustrative genius. And all of his work is waiting for you at every price point imaginable at alexrossart.com. Don't waste time. Go over there today. I'm sure you're going to find your favorite hero depicted by Alex Ross. alexrossart.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. That's right. My superhero team, the listeners of Word Balloon that back me through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Word Balloon. I'm not asking anybody to break the bank to support me. If you can spare it, if you like Word Balloon and you want to support the show, that's the best way to do it. And uh, it's just a monthly subscription. It could be a dollar. Whatever amount you can afford is greatly appreciated. It helps keep the lights on here at Word Balloon and uh, helps keep me in business as I pursue these great interviews and other projects as well that are coming in 2022. So if you like what you hear here and want to hear more, go to patreon.com slash wordballoon, and I really appreciate the support. Thank you, League of Word Balloon listeners. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2022. Stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.